This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Wakeman, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Uh, I'm going to try to get someone from Iowa in here. Uh, Probably... Uh, hopefully tomorrow or on Thursday. Uh, I know like there's a lot of crazy stuff happening right now with the country, with the election. Uh, I do understand that, but I'm trying to give you guys like, you know, kind of a break from all that stuff. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to get someone in from Iowa. I have like a few people that I can get on here um, to talk Michigan state, Iowa, which is interesting how Iowa came out as seven point favorites. Uh, when they're like 0-2, that's pretty interesting. Dave, how do you think Ewan's pass rush will be on Saturday? Will they show up or not? And how important do you consider that to be? The pass rush is going gonna, is gonna to be huge, man. The pass rush is where it's at. It's going to be huge. And um, if you don't pass rush, I mean, you're going to allow this team to just throw the ball all over the place. Now, in terms of Penix, the quarterback at Indiana, I'm not completely sure um, how good he is. I know he's like a, he's a left-hander, left-handed QB. Um, but outside of that, like I'm not I'm not too familiar. So that's why uh, we're gonna have um, have have this guy from Indiana come in here. Let me see. There we go. All right, he's in. Testing, Ant, can you hear me? Nitha, what's up, man? How you doing, Ant? Thanks for having me on tonight. Uh, <laughs> it seems like uh, we've got some some crazy times in the world of Michigan football right now. Crazy, crazy times. We we, we got to get you a profile pic, man. Come on. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there. I'll get there in a moment. But come uh, on, man. Yeah. I'm up here talking to a to a. Do it. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to an Android user, man. Okay, all right. Give, give me a second. I got you. Just give me a second. I'll I'll head up there in a moment. But you know, uh, yeah, Indiana's Indiana's feeling 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 good about themselves right now. Uh, you know, t- top fifteen team in college football, number thirteen in the oh. country. Uh, big win over Penn State to start the season, not without a little bit of drama to say the least. Uh, you know, t- took care of business against Rutgers by double digits, and and now strange situation right you've got uh, you, you know you've got a michigan team coming in off a off a demoralizing loss but yeah. you look at the line the wolverines are a three point favorite right now and the wolverines have beaten indiana every time the last 24 matchups so uh, right. no, no I think idea that's how like, this well, like 33 mm-hmm. years or something it's been like yeah. 86 or 87 yeah i wasn't it, alive the last time in indiana beat michigan in in football which is nuts yeah, I mean it's crazy. Yet here we are talking about this Indiana team, who is basically uh, the best version of Indiana football we've seen since that year, since 1987 when they beat oh, Michigan uh, in Bloomington. So I have no idea how this is going to go. How's Michigan going to respond to last week? How's Indiana going to respond with with success? Which we haven't right. seen in a long time. No, what, what are what are you what are you thinking about this game as as we as we're what five four five days away, uh, four days away? I mean, it is what it is. You know, it was it was a crazy game. You know, going from the highs from the opening game to the lows of you know this past weekend was you know very very interesting to say the least. Um, Wakeman has a has a question, which I'll. I'll I'll kind of tie uh, toss towards you. So he asked, "Is Indiana trending upwards as a football program, or is this a one season thing?" In my opinion, you guys started to make some noise last year, um, where you went eight and four. I believe I'm not sure what you did in your bowl game, um, mm-hmm. but you guys had a really good season last year, and I think um, that kind of started this momentum shift. Even though 
even though it's been crazy times with the, you know, the, uh, the uh, virus and the pandemic, but it seems like you guys are still riding that high wave of a pretty solid season for Indiana football. Yeah. And that's a good question. I mean, look, it all starts with Tom Allen and, and, you know, as the guy who runs this program, he's, he's, he's an Indiana football guy. Um, you know, he has uh, a coaching history with Ole Miss, um, which is where he was before he was picked by Kevin Wilson, the previous IU head coach to serve as a defensive coordinator. Um, when, when I look at the LEO mentality he's, he has here, which is love each other. Uh, what you basically see is every single guy on this roster are playing for each other which uh, especially in this day and age is a sentiment that I think we can all get behind. Um, That's a million dollar question, right? You know, they were eight and five when it all ended up last year. They lost a brutal game to Tennessee uh, at the Gator Bowl um, in the in the fourth quarter A game. They should have won, but, but they blew it. Um, You know, the question is, is, is this a a sustainable thing? I'm going to say yes. You know, are they going to win eight games every year? Are they, who knows what they're going to do this season? Uh, no idea, but when you compare what you what we've seen out of Tom Allen the last two two and a half seasons to everything that Indiana football had done before that, it's by far way above and beyond what you've seen before. I'm not saying this Hoosier team is going to challenge Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State um, on a year to year basis, but as far as being that fourth team. I think that's something they can sustain going forward, something in that seven to nine win range. Now, how do you feel about, I'm not sure how much you keep up with it, but, you know, to be, to be kind of where the program is, um, but still struggle on the recruiting trail. Do you, do you hope to see some momentum there? I know there's not, I mean, I'm not going to say not a lot of football, but, Indiana is a basketball state. For um, sure. Uh, do you see? Are you know? You know? Do you see them upping their recruiting game at any point in time? Is it better now than it was a few years ago, or about the same, or is it just pure coaching? Yeah, you know, the recruiting has definitely played a role. They gained some momentum in 2019 where they were able to get Samson James, a highly recruited running back who had once upon a time committed to Ohio State. He decommitted in-state guy. He chose to come to play for Tom Allen and the Hoosiers. Um, You know, Indiana had a a top 40 recruiting class nationally in 2019, which was one of their highest recruited, uh, highest rated recruiting classes of all time. The 2020 class slumped a little bit. Uh, you know, Rashawn Williams was a big name. He's a he's a receiver who came out of Martin Luther King High School in Detroit, Michigan. Um, you know, so so Tom Allen was able to go in there uh, and, and nab a really highly touted prospect. I I don't end up I, I don't envision seeing Indiana getting top ten, top twenty recruiting classes nationally. I don't think they're going to. The tradition just hasn't been there with the school. The the budget the recruiting budget hasn't been there for the school i don't i don't expect indiana to all of a sudden end up with 30 or 44 star five star players on their roster but what 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 this team is doing is if it's not the four or five star guys they're getting those three star players who come into bloomington and start off with a good floor and tom allen works his magic with them and we've got a number of really good coordinators and assistants here including mike hart the former michigan running back who's the running backs coach here in Bloomington. Uh, he seems to to turn out two solid running backs in that Indiana backfield each year. You, you look at the receiving set, Grant Hurd, former Ole Miss wide receivers coach who developed A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf at Ole Miss. He's done a lot of wonders with guys like Wap Fillier and Ty Freifogel here in Indiana. So you're seeing these smart, de- experienced assistants develop these three-star players to all of a sudden turn Indiana to this eight to eight-ish win program. Isn't Nick Sheridan there as well too? Yeah, he is. He's uh, he's the offensive coordinator this season at IU. Uh, he was, what? He was a, yeah, he's the offensive coordinator. So so Kalen DeBoer was a one-year jackpot uh, hire last year, uh, and and they got him from Fresno State. Now after a really good season last year, he took the Fresno State head coaching job. Uh, and that opened the door for Nick Sheridan to move up. 
uh, yeah, he's 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 calling the shots now, and he's working with Michael Penix. He used to be the quarterbacks coach, so he got it. It was an in-house promotion. Oh, so that was easy. Okay, got yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you brought up Penix. Um, yeah. Describe his game. Describe Penix in terms of is he more of a dual threat? Is he more of a thrower, a runner? A um, yeah. little bit of both. Is he consistent, inconsistent? What type of player is he? I would say those are all really good questions. I would say he's more of a thrower than a runner. Um, you know, he's he's capable of taking off with the football. He had a big QB draw against Rutgers last week. He obviously uh, got all the headlines with that dive to the pylon against Penn State to win that game on that two-point conversion. But he's mostly a thrower. If you look at his numbers this year, he's got 62 pass attempts and only 10 rushing and he's only got two rushing yards total. You know, I know there, there's some sack numbers in there, but, but uh, you know, he's not somebody who's really willing to take off with the football. I saw a stat earlier today that, you know, when he throws the ball, 77% of his passing yards this season are before the catch. So in other words, he's getting the ball to receivers deep down the field. Uh, They're not really doing much with it. It's the highest percentage of yards in college football for any quarterback uh, to this point, but he's a, He's got a really good arm. In some ways, he's like a left-handed Joe Milton. You know, I've seen Milton play a couple games this year. He's got a really good arm, struggles with the accuracy a little bit, and that's what I see with Penix, too. Really good arm. Used to be a Florida State and Tennessee recruit before he chose to came to uh, before he chose to come to before he chose to come to Indiana. Really good arm. Um, he's he's a really tough guy too, though. And, and you know, that's the one thing that I've grown to respect about him. Uh, you know, he'll make some bad throws here and there. Uh, he was intercepted uh, once against Penn State, didn't throw a pick against Rutgers. Um, but, uh, you know, if he has a bad throw, he bounces right back next ma- next next up mentality. And that's that's really impressive about him. So you said 77 percent of the yards yep. that are coming on these passes are through yep. the air, through the um, air. That tells me a lot about your offensive line. Is that the O line or is or is or is that? getting Penix out of the pocket um, and kind of stretching the defense. Yeah. The, the O-line, the O-line struggling this year. And and that's the biggest weakness as far as all the positions go on this Indiana roster, all the position units, Um, you know, they, they're really struggling. They, they, you know, guys like Shaka Tony and Jason away at Penn state were constantly in the backfield against Indiana in week one and, and Penix would just eat the sack uh, a lot of times and, and you couldn't blame him. Um, you know, he's, he's just, you know, when he gets three, three and a half seconds to throw the ball, he's willing to take that deep shot. I don't have the numbers on this, but I feel like he takes a good five to 10 deep shots a game. And when I looked at how Michigan secondary handled that deep ball last week, that could be a major concern. If, if, and there's a big, if, uh, Quiddy Pan, Aiden Hutchinson don't get to him first. That's true. And they did not get to Rocky Lombardi mm-hmm. um, on Saturday. I think it was like zero sacks. Um, and I saw something on like uh, PFF. They were like rating the guys and they're like, they, they had like five, um, they're like five something. It was, um, it wasn't hurries, like five yeah. pressures or something. Yeah. I mm-hmm. didn't even see that. So Rocky kind of just let loose, and their offensive line um, had a heck of a game. They didn't do that against Rutgers. Rutgers lived in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but against but against Michigan, um, they held the trenches on both ends big time, big time, yeah. big time. Yeah, absolutely. And and so let me ask you, and those of you listening here, it looks like we've got a good number of listeners here here tonight. I mean, is Michigan taking Indiana seriously? I mean, I don't know if that's a controversial question or not, um, but last year the Wolverines came trotting into Bloomington and walloped the bleepity bleep out of the Hoosiers by, by 25 points. Um, right. it, wasn't a, it wasn't a good game to say the least. I mean, Indiana was, was really confident that game too. Yeah. They were really confident that game too. Um, yeah. I you know what? If they if they walked in this game two and zero, yeah, I I would say, um, yeah, they're probably may. You know, kids. You know, coaches won't. But you know, you know, college kids they may take games for granted. They were embarrassed this past weekend. Mm. Um. So the so 
I am very interested in seeing the bounce back. I'm very interested to see, well, we saw how they handled success. They didn't handle that very well. Let's see how they handle getting their teeth knocked in. Um, we'll see that on Saturday. We'll see if they fold or, or if they go back to, to you know, playing solid, yeah. What, what do you, I don't mean to throw you on the spot here, Ant, but what do you think is going to happen? Because because that's what a lot of our yeah. followers over at Indiana at HQ are curious about. Is this a Michigan team that's going to crumble? Or are they going to rise to the occasion? Because I just finished a podcast recording uh, about an hour ago, and, and my co-host and I, we had completely opposite ideas. He said Michigan's crumbling. I say they're going to bounce back because that's that's khaki pants. right? Jim Harbaugh is going get to him, get him to play hard. What's, what's you would think, happen? but you know, there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people in Wolverine Nation who are kind of, kind of sick of everything that's going on. Not just with Jim, but mm-hmm. the OCs and the players not being prepared. You know, we had a situation where, um, you know, I kind of backed them up because a question was asked to Joe Milton on, you know, did you know that Antoine Simmons was this, this, and that. And on the spot, after a game, after a loss, um, you know, cameras are in your face. You know, body language and his answer didn't sit right with Michigan State fans. Um, But but I could see – I could kind of see where he was coming from. Um, But, like, there's – I don't know, man. It's – I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. People, people are just uh, people are kind of sick and tired of everything. Yeah. A lot of people, like I'm not gonna say they've like checked out of this year, but they are. Um, but they are not happy. Uh, if you guys are Michigan fans and you guys are in in here, um, ask away, ask away. I know we don't have. Uh, I I tell you what, we had a wild group in here um, a few days ago, and they were going off they were like joining me on panel it was like so like you see how there's like two of us up here yeah uh-huh so there there was nine of us up here after the game <laughs> 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 like like it was it was real real busy man and you know and people just you know were just going off and they were just really upset man and it's um i don't i don't no, I don't know. Gut, my gut tells me, my gut, my heart tells me that, you know, they were embarrassed and they're and they're going to bounce back and they're going to find a way to win this game. They've they've committed no turnovers from the offensive side. They've created, mm-hmm. they've had none. Uh, so they've really taken care of the ball. And whenever you take care of the ball, you can usually win the game. If you take care of the ball and control the line you're going to win the game. Um, if they can do that against Indiana, they can win the game. If Indiana wins the trenches, Indiana's going to win the game. That's, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty like black and white as I can get. Um, because what we saw from the first week to the second week was a lot of inconsistency. Uh, we didn't – it was like night and day in terms of play calling, in terms of preparation, in terms of energy. Just didn't see that. So, really, it, it's a coin flip for what we see. So, that's what my heart is telling me. My brain is telling me you're playing an Indiana team who doesn't know how to lose yet. Uh, they have their backs against the wall in a historical game against Penn State, allowing over 400-some yards and only gaining – only 200 something and there's there's like a certain threshold where that's the second time that's ever happened in history um and the other one was like Indiana and Oregon like decades ago so it was it's um you know and you still win that game and then you play a Rutgers team who is hungry like you, like you beat them pretty like the score was one thing but you watch that game i mean Rutgers that's not the same Rutgers as as you know we've seen the last few years. You know they didn't lay down. They have a fight to them. They're aggressive, and you guys handled them pretty well. So I think you guys are are you are you are right in between the ears, and 
Um, this is a game where I won't be surprised if Indiana comes comes out and wins by like two scores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm I'm curious to see. I can see a wide variety of outcomes uh, in in this in this ball game. It's funny you mentioned that Michigan hasn't turned it over yet this season. Indiana's defense has taken the ball away six times in in two games so far. Uh, they have got, they've got five interceptions. And and so, you know, both uh, Sean Clifford in that first game and then Noah Vedral in week two, um, you know, Indiana's pass rush was getting to them. And all of a sudden you were seeing some errant throws. I'll tell you, though, Clifford, especially uh, the the interceptions he threw against Indiana uh, a week and a half ago were, were mostly on him. I thought he just made some really, really poor decisions in that first right. in that first matchup. The the Rutgers game was more a matter of Indiana actually forcing the issue and taking the ball away. So you know, six takeaways in two games versus zero giveaways in two games. Something's got to give there, and I'm curious to see uh, to see what happens. Um, you know, what's also interesting is is looking ahead to Saturday. The forecast in Bloomington, it's going to be seventy one degrees and sunny on Saturday. I mean, that's what they're predicting right now. Oh, um, you know, that's I don't know for Michigan. <laughs> I just, I just, you know, I remember last year's matchup when I had to head over to Memorial Stadium to cover the game for Indiana HQ, and and it was a disgusting ten minute walk to get to the press box. It was thirty eight <laughs> degrees and freezing rain. Um, Saturday's Saturday's game is going to be completely different. Sun's going to be out. It's going to be shorts and shirt type of weather. Uh, if you're if you're able to get into that building uh, to watch that matchup, um, yeah. I mean, if there's one way I could classify this Indiana football team, it's just that they're they're good everywhere. You know, they're not great, but they're also not bad. They don't have too many positions of glaring weakness besides maybe the offensive line like I mentioned earlier you know the quarterback's good the backfield with Stevie Scott and Samson James you know Stevie Scott's a guy who's a junior now he's got 25 total touchdowns um, in his college career to this point totally solid running back the receiving set you know solid solid dudes Wap Fillier, Ty Freifogel the tight end's really good uh, Peyton Hendershot uh, Peyton Hendershot he, he's a solid player had about five or six receiving touchdowns uh, in his career entering last week. He had two last week against Rutgers. And then every level of the defense is good. You know, the line's good. The linebacker's good. The secondary's good. It's just you're probably not going to see many NFL draft picks on this Indiana team, but you're also not going to see too many guys that look out of place. So it's a very strange setup, um, but uh, but that's where we are at this point. You're solid. You know, you are a yeah. solid team with not a lot of weaknesses. Right. You have a lot of B grades. Yeah. And you take you take B grades, you don't make mistakes, you play solid, and then coaching comes into play in terms of prep, mm-hmm. in terms of getting the guys ready to go. That pushes your overall game up. And especially if you're dealing with guys with, you know, good attitudes and you're dealing with guys who who play as a team as well too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you know, you're gonna be able to um you're gonna be able to, you know, win some games that you maybe shouldn't, and you'll be in some games that you maybe shouldn't, and then you'll be right there at there at the end, and you're dealing with college age players. Anything yeah. can happen at that point. What you saw against Penn State, if mm-hmm. that guy goes down at the one, you guys are one and one. You know, <laughs> yeah. I know. Like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's uh, it's it's crazy how all this how all this works, and you know how all this comes into play. Um, let's talk about WAP. A sure. little bit. Um, he is, is he like your do everything offensive guy? Like he'll hit you in the slot. He'll go deep. He'll get some like sweeps. He'll get some dink and dunks and see what he can do after catch. What's what type of player is is he? If, yeah, he's he's somebody who was was either at the top or close to the top of the Big Ten leaderboard last year in uh, in receptions. Um, he's rewriting the Indiana record books in a lot of ways. And actually one position where Indiana has been all right over the years is wide receiver. Guys like James Hardy, Tandon Doss, Cody Latimer have all come through the Indiana program and, and have been good, you know, NFL quality receivers. Um, yet, uh, yet WAPs come in and he's been a real dynamite threat, especially starting last season where he had some huge games 
Uh, when you look at no, some numbers he put up against uh, against Maryland, uh, against Michigan State, he went to East Lansing at 142 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he had 178 yards in a game against Nebraska last year that Indiana won. He's not doing too much out of the backfield right now, but everything else you said is what he does. He's a primarily a slot guy. He'll occasionally line up outside. Um, definitely somebody who will who will be a, a deep threat. Uh, he he went off for a 60-yard catch last week against Rutgers that felt like it kind of turned the tide in that game when Rutgers was hanging around early in that first half. Uh, Penix found Fillier deep for for a for a deep ball and made and made life a little bit easier for this offense. Um, and and he's in the dink and dunk game. I mean, he had three catches, uh, three games last year with double-digit catches. He had he has five in each game this year. Um, he's he's a threat in the red zone, even though he's someone who's not more than five nine um, height wise, uh, but the but the big thing is he was unavailable for that Michigan game last year. Both Penix and Fillier, the two guys we really focused on from an Indiana standpoint, were out against Michigan last season. And by no means am I saying that would have made up a twenty five point difference. But it matters. You know, if it you draft, matter. if you line them up in the backyard and you're drafting you know, teams of uh, Indiana football players, uh, Penix and Fillier are probably your first two picks. So, right. <laughs> so that's a that's a that's a pretty big deal. Uh, I know he and Penix are both chomping at the bit, at least ready to give this Michigan defense a shot on Saturday. Yeah, I'm looking at the stats from last year, man, and it, um, and it looks like Wap is the top receiver statistically mm-hmm. um, returning in the Big Ten East. Um, you know, he 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 caught for over a thousand yards. Yep. Um, you know, he was what fourth in that the the most in the east and then in terms of touchdowns i believe he was no receptions he was third receptions yep. third yards yep. fourth um and he missed two games i mean he was he was yeah, yeah, clocked in nice. clocked in the head against penn state uh and and in an uncalled targeting play uh but he missed the rest of that game and then the following week against michigan like i mentioned earlier or else his numbers would have been even bigger oh yeah for sure for sure yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that changes things. That, <laughs> that changes things. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts um, for this game coming up, man? Here's the deal. Here's the deal, and I told you a few minutes ago that uh, that I think Michigan. It, it, it honestly all kind of comes down to how Michigan plays. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like they've got so much talent on their team. Um, and I'm not I'm not going to ignore that. I mean, <laughs> you know, guys like Ronnie Bell and Giles Jackson and Jalen Mayfield and Quiddy Pay and Aiden Hutchinson, Cam McGrone, they'd start here at Indiana from day one. I mean, there's right. just no question about McGrone, by the way, is an Indianapolis guy. Uh, I believe his recruitment came down to either Indiana or Michigan. He chose to uh, so good. chose He's to so play good. with the Wolves. Well, and 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 I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Is is he available for Saturday? I know he got banged up last week. He, I he's in. Not no. Uh, okay. I don't believe he returned uh, once he okay. went down. Um, I do not know his availability. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think that's something that uh, Jim would relinquish either. <laughs> I mean, not divulging. Not divulging those secrets. Right. Exactly. It's like, hey, how's McGrown? Uh, you know. He's, uh, <laughs> He's getting in some treatment. Um, he was uh, he wasn't in pads today, but we're monitoring him close, and we expect him to be you know full go. Blah 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 blah. You know, you know coach, coach, speak, man. coach speak. Yeah, exactly. Classic uh, Stanford Stanford Harbaugh, Forty ers Harbaugh. Just uh, exactly. doing his thing. Um, I've got a I've got a bad feeling about this game from an Indiana standpoint, and I'm not just saying it because I'm here talking to you. I said this on my podcast uh, about an hour ago. Um, it, look, Michigan's beaten Indiana 24 straight times, and and there's a reason for that. It's just Michigan's not scared of Indiana. I think Penn State was a little scared of Indiana just because Indiana's played Penn State tough over the years. They've been close games. Indiana actually knocked off the Nittany Lions a few years ago. Um, this is Indiana's played Michigan tough. They've played them tough, but even last year, the Wolverines walked into Bloomington and spanked Indiana good. Um, I thought that was going to be a close game. I thought it was going to be really, really close. Not going to lie. Yeah. And you know, it, 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 I watch Joe Milton and I see a guy who's, 
who's got a really good skill set. He's young, obviously, um, and he's going to make big strides on a week-to-week basis. Um, Michigan's figured out, I think, what's worked the first two weeks and what hasn't worked the first two weeks. And, you know, their coaching staff's going to weed out the stuff uh, that that's not been good. Indiana's been the beneficiary of some luck the first two weeks, right? The Penix dive to the pylon, some deflected passes ending up in the hands of Hoosier defenders. I've got Michigan actually winning this game 27-20. That's the way I see it. Mm. I, it's it's a you know I guess that's the under if you're looking at the Vegas uh, the Bro. Vegas lines. Um, they've got the over under at 54. I'm I'm keeping it 47. Um, I just I just look at mi- the Michigan depth chart. And I look at the Indiana depth chart, and I'm like, man, I think Michigan's got the five or six best players in this game. And, and you know, can can Indiana keep Michael Penix clean? I doubt it. Can, uh, can Indiana's running game find some ground against that Michigan front four, front seven? I, I doubt it. Um, you know, if Indiana's going to win, it's going to be because Penix, much like Rocky Lombardi last week, through for 300, 320, 350 yards, and Indiana's receivers just went bonkers on uh, the Michigan secondary, which I know you guys saw last week, so don't look at me stupid. Right. I just I just doubt it will be replicated. You know, like the, Jim Harbaugh and, and, and Don Brown, and I know that's a curse word right now. I know Don Brown's a curse word in Michigan land, um, but they're right. going to have to make some adjustments. I, I've got to think. The A word? Did you just use the A word? I, I use the. They don't know what the A word is. <laughs> I use the D the D word, Don Brown, and the A word adjustments. I know. I'm sorry. Man, you showed them that word, man. They'll break out in hives. <laughs> I know. Gracious. I don't know. I don't Maybe know, not. man. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. I I think it's gonna be a tough game, and um. And this game is going to tell me if this is going to be worse than 2017 mm-hmm. um, or right on par with 2017 or like a tad bit better when they went like eight and five, which is, which is crazy. You know, like I'm sitting here like, like, I hope it's not that year when we won eight games. Like that's kind of, like, you know, that's like the, you know what I mean? Like we're spoiled, you know, we're spoiled. <laughs> I get it. You know, like you guys went eight and five last year. Yeah, and your fans are like stoked. Like, okay, yeah. uh-huh. we were right. We we were right there. We go eight and five. We're ready to set everything on fire. You know, yeah. um, you know that's man. like that's the that's the huge difference, man. Right, right there. <laughs> you talk about twenty seventeen. That's the that and the twenty fifteen Indiana Michigan contests are the two that that left me with a really, really sour taste in my mouth. Um, that 2017 match, both, both of those matchups went into overtime in Bloomington. And, uh, and that 2017 game was just a disgusting offensive performance from both sides, especially from Indiana. Um, Peyton Ramsey, who's moved on now, he's transferred to Northwestern. Uh, mm-hmm. Peyton Ramsey was Indiana's quarterback, and he had a tough time finding any sort of room against Michigan's defense. But then, of course, he had John O'Corn throwing whatever he threw uh, for the Wolverines. He was throwing pancakes, man. And all of a sudden, Indiana – and somehow Indiana found a way to get that game into overtime uh, only for for Michigan to to find a way to win that. And then, you know, an equally rough matchup two years previous where Jordan Howard tried to put Indiana on his back um, only Mm -hmm. to see uh, Amara Darbo – I think light up uh, the Hoosier secondary a few times scoring like three or four touchdowns in that game. So man, yeah. I mean, there have definitely been name. some, some games yeah. when Indiana have, uh, has, has kept Michigan uh, concerned or afraid or frightened or uh, something, but the Wolverines have always found a way. And maybe I'm just a little battle scarred thinking that's just going to happen again uh, in a few days here. You might be a little bit battle scarred, man, yeah. because you know, in the past, you know, mid- you know, Michigan has brought, you know, they not only had receivers, you know, they had size, you know, they had Jehu Chesson, they had Darbo. Um, you know, even this past year, they had Nico Collins, they had Peoples Jones, even Targ Black, even though he was inconsistent, he was still about six four. This receiving group um is pretty small. Um mm. 
our biggest guy is probably Ronnie Bell. He's he's about six two, six three maybe. Um, but outside of that, I mean, we have nobody to jump ball. All we have is like little fast, quick guys um, who really struggled getting open this past weekend. Hmm. And you know what's what's interesting is if you do want to pick out a strength on this Indiana football team, uh, their secondary is really good. Um, you yeah, know, that sucks. Thank you for ruining my night. <laughs> no, I'm sorry to to give uh, you know some of your some of your Wolverine fans nightmares here for the next. Bro, uh, you just you just said everybody's average, and then you hit me with that. If if there is a strength, uh, you know <laughs> this Hoosier this Hoosier secondary um, can 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 cause some problems. Uh, Taiwan Mullen is a name you're going to hear a few times on Saturday. He's uh, he's a true sophomore corner. But that last name might be familiar to a lot of you college football fans out there. His brother Trayvon was a was a draft pick with Oakland after playing a Clemson and winning a national title. Um, Taiwan, for some reason, was l- less recruited, but Indiana swooped him up, and he was one of uh, Pro Football Focus's highest graded corners last year in the Big Ten. Uh, and then you've got a safety in Jamar Johnson, who has uh who who last week saw his three game interception streak broken. So he picked off Purdue last year in the bucket game, picked off Tennessee's quarterback Jarrett Garantano in the Gator Bowl, uh returned that one for a touchdown. And then he even picked off Sean Clifford in the season opener against Penn State. So he's got a nose for the football. Um he's a guy who's who's capable of sort of turning down those deep passes. Um of course I say that uh, uh Penn State did hit Indiana deep uh, last uh, a couple of weeks ago for a 60 yard touchdown at the end of that game, but you know of of all the position groups, the secondary is the one that's the most good. If that man, makes sense. Come on, man. <laughs> come on, dog. Yeah, and that's probably the position that we struggle with the with the most yeah. is yeah. our our defensive backs. And you guys have some dudes. You know, you got Lop and mm. Hendershot. And Frifle and all those dudes, man. It's yeah. uh, um, yeah. It's I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell it to you straight. And like Michigan, if they want to win this game, they're gonna have to run the ball 60 percent of the time. And I know that's boring, and I know that's ugly. Um, but but to, to throw less, run more, because Indiana's run defense is vulnerable. They gave up 250 yards on the ground to Penn State in Week One. Um, you know, you've got four guys who are all capable of running the football: Charbonnet, Haskins. Uh, Blake Corum had two touchdowns on Saturday. You know he played well. Yeah. If if you run the ball, like don't <laughs> don't overcomplicate this game. If if you're Josh Gaddis, don't overcomplicate it. Run it at Indiana. If the Hoosiers commit to stopping the run, that's a different story. But that's the way Michigan wins this game. If you see Joe Milton throwing the ball a bunch of times in the first half, that's bad news. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, I know we, it's sexy. We do it, run it, run it all day. <laughs> we do, we we do have um, a decent running back room. The issue is, um, I don't think Michigan knows who should get a majority of the of the carries, hmm. and that's a big problem. You know, you have Charbonnet, Quorum. You know, you have Evans. Um, yeah. You have Haskins. Yeah. I mean, you have a bunch of dudes back there who are getting touches. Um, but they don't know who to hand the rock off to, you know, and, um, we got no push on Saturday, uh, against a Michigan state team who like Rutgers dominated. Did you watch that game? The Michigan I watched, uh, I watched sort of a condensed, uh, a condensed sort of highlight video Dude, um, Rutgers, in that game. Rutgers, the trenches, they, <laughs> demolished Michigan State on both sides. And then Michigan State owned Michigan in the trenches on both sides. Um, so we'll see if they can even get a push, which was very that – was, that was like one part that was very disheartening was the fact that, you know, they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't offer protection for Milton, nothing. Um, if you guys live in the backfield, it's going to be a long game for us. Yeah, 
There are there there are a couple of good defensive linemen. Uh, you know, Indiana's got uh, James James Head is Indiana's best pass rusher. He's he's a defensive end. There's a big nose tackle. Uh, a couple big interior linemen. The first guy is a, Sam, a Samoan named Sio. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last oh, name. His name is Sio S I O. His last name starts with an N. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a he's a big dude. And then there's Jerome Johnson too. Uh, he forced a fumble against Penn State in week one. He's a guy who can be disruptive. Um, yeah, I mean, I was looking at some of the guys who left Michigan's team last year. There is a lot of overhaul on that offensive line. You know, Ben Bredesen's yeah. no longer there. Cesar Ruiz is no longer there. Um, that alone is a huge loss, and it's kind of gone underreported nationally, just speaking mm-hmm. as an outsider. You know, you might think, oh, you know, Nico Collins opted out, Donovan Peoples-Jones, the NFL, Levert Hill's a really good corner. Uh, those losses on that interior of the offensive line kill you, especially in the Big Ten. Um, but yeah, I mean, just as a, as, as a neutral, um, and you know, it's funny, I was born and raised with no college football loyalty. You know, I just ended up coming to Indiana for school and just enjoyed loving, loving watching this team play, even though they've lost a ton of games since I started watching this team. Um, that Michigan loss last week to me was, was, unbelievable and and it's the only other game that i put at that same level was when a couple years ago purdue kicked ohio state's butt in west lafayette by like 30 points uh rondale moore went off and i know that was a 30 point win over ohio state and this was just a three point loss to michigan state but those two games to me are like equally jaw-dropping when i when i kind of watched how that game went when I saw kind of the confidence that the two teams that pulled off the upset had um you know Purdue played with unbelievable confidence that night against Ohio State and I thought for for whatever reason Michigan State played with a ton of confidence I don't know why Uh, after what happened to them week one um I was blown away to see how carefree they were against Michigan (laughs) and then you know that coaching staff that coaching staff did a hell of a job, dude. That, oh well, that coaching yeah. staff from Michigan State did such a great job, and um, you know I can't even lie. Like you know, got out coached, got out worked, got out everything. Um, it was just all bad. It was just all bad, dude. Um, well, oh yeah. Are you surprised at the point spread? I was very surprised. Like if you take, it's that spread only because it's Michigan and Indiana. If you take away, you paint everybody's jersey black and white, and you don't know who's who, this Indiana's probably five or six-point favorites, in my opinion. Yeah, right. If you you take off the winged helmet, uh, the the maize and blue, and you you take off the the red and white of the Indiana jerseys. Um, Yeah, you know, I I just – I just don't I just think everyone and their cousins and their brother brothers and their grandparents would put their entire college savings on Michigan if they were an underdog. I mean, that's, <laughs> whether or not it's a good idea, I'm not sure. But if Michigan was an underdog, everyone would put their four oh one Ks on the Wolverines uh to win this game. Just because of the disparity in recruiting and tradition and history and coaching experience and all that sort of stuff. Um, I just, uh, you know, if, if, you know, Vegas, Vegas has, <laughs> has thrived because of, uh, idiot betters. Um, <laughs> and I, yeah. when, I, when I saw it's a booming metropolis now. And, uh, and, uh, you know, when I look at this Michigan line where the Wolverines are favored by three, I don't know. I'm just like. I kind of see Michigan winning by more than three. It's it's weird, right? I can't imagine that's how the majority of people feel. Um, but I mean, I've just seen Michigan. I've <laughs> I've just seen Michigan come to Bloomington so many times and handle this Hoosier team. And I felt <laughs> confident. I felt confident about previous matchups. When you know, we talked about John O'Corn. John O'Corn was the quarterback, and Rich Rod and Brady Hoke were the head coach. And I said, oh, Indiana's. Indiana's going to put up a fight, and Indiana's going to upset these guys, uh, mm. only to get pantsed. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm, <laughs> I'm leaning, I'm like, <laughs> I'm leaning Michigan to cover, and I'm leaning for this game to hit the, uh, to hit the under too. I think 54 is too high. 
but really? uh, I like, yeah, uh, it's just, just my two cents. I'm, I'm no betting expert by any means. Um, okay. Indiana HQ is not responsible for any losses <laughs> at the, at the, uh, at the wagering booth. But uh, yeah, that's just how I see it. It's, it's a weird number, right? But, but I don't know. I just, how do you, what do you think? Um, weird number for me as well. Um, <laughs> I just don't know who's going to show up, man. Like, I I don't know who is going to show up. I don't know how they're going to bounce back um, after after a setback. Uh, we saw how Michigan State bounced back. You know, like, they had a setback, and they bounced back marvelously. Now I'm in, in, interested how they handle a little bit of success against Iowa, um, where they're underdogs again by, what, like seven? I wonder if that underdog mentality, you know, gets them to come out again um, and not let this be like a one-hit wonder. And then now Mel Tucker has some momentum going into the following week. Um, and that's where I'm at here. But I don't know because these guys did not handle success well. But they got punched in the mouth, and they're going through a lot of scrutiny. Uh, and there's more off-the-field stuff. Um, that's going on with Michigan that's not being reported nationally. I'm just I'm just gonna say that, um, yeah. and that's really interesting too. Who knows? I could, I could see that. I mean, when you have yeah. the type of the type of loss like you had last week, um, I I can't help but 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 think there's something going on behind the scenes, right? There's always there's always a backstory. There's always something going yeah. on. Uh, behind the scenes, um, you know, it's it's a it's a Michigan. You know, they got crushed by Alabama in the bowl game last year, um, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and then and then you could say like they you know, that the Army win last year was was kind of a, an eyebrow raiser, right? You remember when Army walked into yeah. Ann Arbor last year and almost Ooh, almost like won that game? Yeah. yeah, and and you know, it, it almost feels like had Army won that game, you'd get kind of the same response you're getting now, but just a year earlier. Right, it, it had I mean, army. A lot of people were had been sick of had been sick of the staff as soon yeah. as Ohio State hung sixty, then they <laughs> hung sixty again. It's just like, wait, what? Like, what is going on right now? Um, and which is funny because twenty sixteen that was Jim's best team talent wise. If if you look at that roster and who started on both sides, go look at the NFL, like. Almost everybody from that team is in the league doing something still. They were so they were that team was so freaking good. And then you go to 2017, you have a down year winning only eight times. But you know, you have your first, second, and third string. You have to go into the Ohio State game with John O'Corn. And then <laughs> and then you still end up having they did lose, but they had their best coached game, I believe of the Harbaugh tenure. Like they had, they had everything scripted so perfectly. And I truly believe Ohio State won that game because JT Barrett got hurt and Dwayne Haskins came in. I truly believe if JT Barrett stayed in and played that whole game, Michigan wins that game. Um, And then you get, you, you use that term pantsed. They got completely (laughs) pantsed in 18 uh, when winner of that game goes to the goes to the Big Ten title game, pants pants yeah. like they got destroyed. I I'm pretty sure Michigan was, I think they were favored in that 2018 game. I think they were favored. They were like two or three point favorites that may have swung at the last minute, but they were two or three point favorites throughout the week. And then to 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 get destroyed like that, and then do the same exact thing the following year, um, yeah, it's, leaving, it's just leaving a bad taste oh, in a lot of yeah. people's mouths. No, totally, and, and I get that. I mean, it's it's rough, right? That yeah, that 18 season is that same year I was talking about. Ohio State got r- r- you know roughhouse by Purdue, and then of mm-hmm. course you know Ohio, Haskins and and his guys turn around and, and beat Michigan that year. Um, yeah, I mean, just as an outsider, you know, I don't know if this is a, a hard truth for Michigan fans, but but just talking to to my friends around other Big Ten circles, it's it just seems like Michigan is closer to the rest of the Big Ten 
than they are to Ohio State. Like, I don't think that's breaking news yes. to anyone. That's yes. not breaking news to anyone. But, but that's just the way it's been. You can look at the results of those games and just how Michigan's handled some other teams. Like, Ohio State's not taking you – know, Army's not taking Ohio State to two overtimes. You know, Michigan right. State, when they play Ohio State in a few weeks, uh, it's going to be disa- it's going to be uh, disgusting. I mean, Ohio mm-hmm. State's going to win that game by 100. OK, and I know you've got mm-hmm. some Michigan State fans listening, too. Like, I'm sorry <laughs> if that's breaking news to those of you listening. <laughs> <laughs> Michigan State's playing Ohio State December 5th in, in, uh, in East Lansing. I don't care if they played in East Lansing or in Columbus or in Mexico or in Canada or wherever. Uh, Ohio State, as long as, you know, they don't get hit by a big uh, COVID outbreak like you're seeing with Wisconsin right now. Uh, right. Ohio State's winning that game by a zillion points. So so that's just the thing right now. And and if if Michigan loses this game, you've got a, a fresh Wisconsin coming up in a couple weeks. Things can mm-hmm. snowball real fast, be much further beyond what you're seeing right now. Yeah, it can. And nothing goes Jim's way. Ever. Nothing ever goes his way. I mean, even in 2018, Maryland completes that pass, that two-point conversion. Michigan is going to the Big Ten title game either way. That was that was a ridiculous game. I I know exactly the game you're talking about. It was like in like the fifties. You remember that? It was like fifty two, fifty one, or something like that. Yeah, absolute crazy, crazy matchup. But but that's just the way it is right now. And and I'm not sure why, right? Because when you look at the recruiting rankings, I know I know Ohio State's always at the top or close to the top. But Michigan doesn't have have a big problem. I know they've got some weaknesses, but but. But, you know, Jim Harbaugh was supposed to make up those, you know, it was supposed to make up the difference. And for whatever reason, that's just not happening. I mean, I mean, what's the reason for that? Is it, is it bad assistance? Is it uh, poor player development? Is between it the ears, man. something it's between else? The ears. It's between the ears. Ohio State goes into that game pissed off at the world. It is the wildest thing I've ever seen. I can see them out here trip up against, like, Nebraska, beating by, like, five. They come into our game like it's World War Three. Like, it is, like, the whole man, the whole idea. Um, I don't know what happened. They, they must talk to like, a, to, like, a psychologist or something throughout the year to, like, brainwash them to, like, just focus on this one game. You could – out talent everybody else but but when you play this blue and yellow team i need you to do this this and that i guess i mean that's it's that's the only, it's the only explanation i mean because because yeah i mean they put up some some ugly numbers in, in in that last game of the season every every year it seems like um yeah and maybe maybe that's the difference you know maybe maybe that's that's what michigan needs to get to the top except if I'm sure you guys have talked about this uh, on end. If Michigan dumps Harbaugh, or if Harbaugh leaves, and I'm not sure who's who's what what's more likely. Um, what's the alternative, right? I mean, I mean, Michigan anybody, was, was anybody is the alternative. <laughs> Literally, if someone else comes in, if someone else comes in, and you don't win a Big Ten champ, championship, you don't go to a CFP. You don't beat Ohio State. You are on par with Harbaugh. That's true. I mean, what, what uh, cares Brady? About these wins. Nobody cares about wins against Rutgers. Yeah. Tennessee State. Nobody yeah. cares about these wins. Minnesota, right? I mean, Minnesota yeah. was a nice, nice win, but nobody doesn't, cares. Doesn't nobody move the needle. About it, you know, it doesn't move the needle. I mean, all I'm, needle. Is, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is. All it does, it shuts people up for six days. That's all it does. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's fair. all it does until you lose. And now, national media was quiet last week. Have, ha, have you seen, like, like this one dude from the free press mm-hmm. covers both schools, Michigan and Michigan State. This dude hates, hates Michigan. Like, he doesn't have to say it, but he has hit pieces all the time on Harbaugh. As soon as the Michigan-Michigan State game ended, from then until last night, last night is, what, Monday? Yeah. So over the next 48 hours, he's put out like five articles 
just doodling all over Harbaugh. Like, <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. I mean the dude, I'm I'm not his biggest fan. I'm 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 the rare person who's probably Harbaugh neutral. Like, you know, I saw I've seen him do great things at Stanford for 49ers too. And and Michigan's been a really good team, just not a championship team with him as the head coach, right? And mm-hmm. I know that's completely useless to hear if you're a Michigan fan. But you know, the last three it's seasons fair. of Brady the last three seasons of Brady Hoke, you know, they won eight, seven, and five games. Last three seasons of Rich Rod, it was three, five, and seven games. I mean, he's got him winning eight to ten every year. It's just not twelve. It's not thirteen. And I know and 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 I just I don't know who's out there that can elevate you to that level. Maybe the next guy will just lower the lower the stand lower the bar. <laughs> We've already gone through that. We've already yeah. gone through that, Mark. We've already gone yeah. through that. But but I'll take anybody. I mean, even Brady Hoke found a way, beat a real bad it wasn't a great Ohio State team. That team was what, six and six? Yeah. But yeah. you still beat them. You know, they beat him. Um they beat them and then you win eleven games still. I mean Man. I'm just saying. And and but but let's face it though, right? I mean all that it is what it is. Whatever happened last Saturday still has my jaw hitting the floor. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, that, you know, and I know it's Michigan State, and I know Michigan State's a rival, but this is a different Michigan State. I mean, this is a rebuilding, renovating, refurnishing that's going on at, at MSU. And 27-24 happened? Are you kidding? I, I just, I'm, I'm blown away. But, hey, they come into Bloomington on Saturday and win, you know, I, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know what that does, but it does something. It should. It should. Um, final final prediction before we get off here. You know, I, I, I know my, my followers at Indiana HQ want Indiana to win. And, and I know they're, they're arrogant and they're stubborn and they think Indiana is going to win based on what happened the first two weeks. We just sent out a poll on Twitter a couple, a couple hours ago. And right. And it's not, I mean, 330 (laughs) people, 330 people voted. And I know it's an Indiana fan base, but 90 to 10, there's nothing in life. That's 90 (laughs) to 10. You know, what pizza are we getting? Is a 90 to 10. And, uh, and my, my God, I mean, Hoosier fans are really drinking, you know, the 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 crimson and cream uh, Gatorade right now. They're feeling really good about themselves. Um, I'm 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 going the other way. I just I see Michigan's talent, and I think it's it's going to win out. And 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 again, you know, if the Wolverines again, this is the number you guys got to watch. Okay, in that game against Michigan State. The, the Wolverines may have struggled running the football, and they ran it 34 times. If Michigan's going to win this game, they got to run it 40 times. And I know it's ugly, and I know it's disgusting, but that's the way they win. Uh, I think it's going to be 27-20 Wolverines. 27-20 Wolverines, okay. Yeah. I have it. Indiana kicks a field goal to win the game 23-21. Wow, my God! And then this, this heart. I think it's going to be twenty-one twenty, and Penix is going to have a game-winning drive, mm. and we're not going to be able to stop Wop and Hendershot on the yeah. last drive. You got you have one, you have one drive to win the game, and I think Michigan defense lets up, and your kicker knocks yeah. it in. Knocks Couple. it in. Couple things, couple things, and then I'm done. You talk about the kicker. His name's Charlie Campbell. He's a new guy. He won Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week uh, last week, and he made something like three field goals against Rutgers, including one from like 45 or 48. He's looking really good so far. So that is not uh, an out of left field prediction you've got there. And then the second thing is, if they lose to Indiana, does Harbaugh make it to to Monday or Tuesday? Is that a is that yeah, even a he shot? does. Okay. Yes, All he right. does. Our uh, our uh, athletic director is too is way too soft to do. Anything. Oh, okay, got it. All right, too soft. You he won't do anything. Okay, <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> hey, 
Nathan, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, I know we got Big Ten basketball coming around. Um, I like to bring you back on here. Hopefully, you use this app, man. It's 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 pretty dope, especially after games. Um, especially after games when like when like tensions are high and you know people are loving it or hating it. Um, it drives a lot of fun and drives some really good content too. I love it. And thanks for your time. Yeah, we're going to definitely talk during Big Ten basketball season. Um, I, I have no idea how this football game is going to go on Saturday, but uh, but that's why they play the game, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, man. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Sounds good.